Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guidebooks. Hello, and welcome to Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. I'm Dusty. And I'm Mike. If you're joining us for the first time, Gaze at the National Parks is a podcast that explores the trails of America's national parks. One hiking trail in one national park, one park at a time. In between our full-length episodes, which explore these trails, we have trail mix episodes, which cover a variety of topics mostly related to the parks and the environment. Often these trail mix episodes explore topics we didn't get to cover in depth in a full-length episode. Today's trail mix is all about the Biden administration current work on climate change. I have a question. Sure. This is political. Yeah. How far and what do we take into account when it comes to holding politicians accountable, mm. right? A lot of people, you know, have thrown out the thanks Obama, uh, that phrase, sure, you sure, know, sure. things like that. I'm very quick to want to blame Donald Trump for everything. But um, really, <laughs> I have heard a lot of people express their dissatisfaction mm-hmm. with where things are yes. regarding like promises mm-hmm. made by the Biden administration, yeah. specifically Joe Biden and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so like, there's this weird kind of thing thing that happens where it's sort of like, oh, our dissatisfaction with something happening in the government, it all leads to blaming one single human. Mm. And I'm curious about why that's the culture. Well, because the buck stops there. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, it's that person who made those promises. It's that person who's the figurehead of the country. So I think the blame ultimately falls to them because of that. Is it blame or responsibility? Both. I think it's both. You do love blame. (laughs) And I love responsibility. (laughs) Yeah, I think it is. I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, And I think that is really also about whoever's in office. You know, it's not just one person. There's always, I feel like, some sort of disappointment in how things were handled. I'm also curious about, like, taking in the greater context of, like, what other parties are involved that, like, Mm -hmm. this may not have happened. And therefore, is it just because this person didn't get to it? Or is it because they tried to? Or there are all these other, like, blockades? Sure. I mean, I think there's plenty of blockades, especially in Congress. Uh, President only has so much power. 
obviously you can sign executive orders, you know, so you're blue sure. in the face. But if you want government to function how it was supposed to, and unfortunately how it <laughs> was supposed to isn't probably how it was envisioned to be today, <laughs> but um, you have to kind of go through those channels. Um, so yeah, unfortunately, sometimes there's gridlock because of the way that party allegiances, people's own moral scruples are. There's all sorts of things that upend potential plans and expectations, which is why it's a great idea to not have any. Should that then also be included in the report card? The other parties involved? I or guess so. is it I just mean, like, I think, no, this mm. thing didn't get achieved mm. and you said you'd do it and that's just that. Yeah, but I do think their campaign promises. I feel like that's a little unfair. Not, they're not necessarily guarantees. They're not right. Ca- campaign they're not guarantees. guarantees. They're promises. Campaign promises are not guarantees. No. No. As many of us know, climate change is a deeply serious crisis that is affecting the entire world and requires aggressive, massive action if we have any hope of reversing its effects. Joe Biden ran his political campaign on big, aggressive climate action. Let's start with the promises. All of these come directly from Joe Biden's campaign website, joebiden.com slash climate plan. Promise number one, ensure that the U.S. achieves 100% clean energy economy and net zero emissions no later than 2050. This promise includes signing a series of executive orders to put us back on track, demanding that Congress enact legislation within the first year of his presidency that establishes the enforcement mechanisms to achieve the 2050 goal, make historic investment in energy and climate research and innovation, and incentivize the rapid deployment of clean energy innovations across the economy. Quote, failure is not an option. If Congress falls short of its duty to act, Biden will hold them accountable, end quote. Promise number two, build a stronger, more resilient nation. This promise includes investing in infrastructure and creating well-paying jobs and ushering in the second great American railroad revolution with a high-speed clean energy rail system, starting with the Northeast Corridor. Promise number three, rally the rest of the world to address the grave climate threat. This promise includes re-entering the Paris Agreement, convening a climate world summit, and pursuing measures to make sure other countries commit to the climate commitments, particularly China. Promise number four, stand up to the abusive power by polluters who disproportionately harm communities of color and low-income communities. This promise includes supporting the tribal communities, communities of color, and low-income communities who more acutely experience the effects of climate change and create solutions for this disproportionate harm. Promise number five, fulfill our obligation to workers and communities who powered our industrial revolution and decades of economic growth. This includes committing to ensuring employment to all workers affected by energy transition, including coal miners and power plant workers. All right. So hearing all of these promises, what What are you thinking? Well, I feel like he did pretty good so far on promise number three. The Paris Climate Agreement was reentered and there, there was a Climate World Summit. That's that true. Happened. That's true. Um, and there was also, also COP twenty six for the right, UN. Right. Those were two different things. And also, there was some kind of headway with China too that mm-hmm. happened. So I feel like he did pretty well there. Build back better is also a thing that's currently yeah. moving. Talk about and that happening. in a few minutes. Um, so I do feel like that is part of this plan to move the goalpost when i look at all of these promises to me this looks like an inclusive Mm -hmm. five-step action plan it's big it's massive it's aggressive certainly that will take responsibility for our own contribution Mm -hmm. to carbon emissions yeah 
it is true that the United States is only responsible for 15% of the world's emissions mm-hmm. or contribution to global warming. Sure. But that's 15% a major big deal. That's a big number. That's when a big number. When you consider some African countries are like, you know, point a percent. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So we, we have a lot of work to do, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. This to me does look like that. I appreciate how inclusive this plan is. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of if we will follow through on all of these. One promise made, and perhaps the first, was that President Biden would sign a slew of executive orders on his first day to put America back on track. On January 20th, President Biden signed many executive orders, among them quite a few related to climate change and the environment. They included issuing a statement committing the U.S. to rejoining the Paris Climate Accords, signing an executive order to promote and protect public health and the environment, placing a focus on climate solutions. This is the executive order that stopped the Keystone XL pipeline. An executive order to determine the social cost of carbon by expressing emissions in dollar amounts. I read an article that said we need to express emissions in, like, body count. That was a really dark article. (laughs) Did I write it? Well, you might have. An executive order to tackle climate change at home and abroad, which included an action plan for America and how to work with other countries and global leaders to achieve this. This included establishing a national climate change task force, centering climate change in our foreign policy and national security, and establishing the Civilian Climate Corps. These were all initial first steps and certainly signaling to voters that the Biden administration was taking their promises to climate change seriously. Now let's take a look at where these things were at the end of the first hundred days. Looking over the first 100 days, the Biden administration did hold up their end of the bargain on a few points. These included re-entering the Paris Climate Accords, stopping the Keystone XL pipeline. And don't worry, we're going to talk about line three very soon. Though, as we just mentioned, those were done through executive order on the first day. During the first 100 days, the Biden administration did establish the National Climate Task Force and hosted the Leader Summit on Climate, which gathered 40 world leaders virtually and was meant to accelerate action around addressing the climate crisis. He also appointed climate advocates like John Kerry, Janet Yellen, Gina McCarthy, and Jennifer Granholm to important roles in federal agencies. This helped to reestablish the role of science in governmental agencies, making climate change an active part of foreign policy and national security agendas. And finally, the goal of lowering emissions from the United States by 50% by 2030 has been set. And between the folks at Grist and the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists, we would agree that the Biden administration gets an A on these points. Let's move on to some of the lower grades now. Part of the Biden administration's plan was to establish new fuel economy standards, create new power plant emission standards, and establish new rules regarding methane emissions. As of the first 100 days, these were in progress, but not near complete. We agree with our friends at Grist and the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists that you're getting a C for this. Technically, they gave him a B, but I think it should be a C. I think it should be a C. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. And finally, that we're both teachers. Yeah, that's C work. (laughs) That's incredibly average. Okay, it started, but it's not done. Okay, great. And finally, some other promises that were approached and then halted during the first 100 days. Uh, These include eliminating subsidies of fossil fuels worldwide, ending fossil fuel leases on public lands, establishing the 40% benefits plan for disadvantaged communities, and laying out the $2 trillion climate plan. Again, this is all at the end of the first 100 days. And if we were going to give a grade for this, girl, incomplete. incomplete. And you you can can see see me after after class. class. 
All right, let's talk about what was achieved during the first 100 days and how did we feel it went. (laughs) So some things happened. They did. I do feel like this. I experienced this with Barack Obama. Mm -hmm. It was like Barack Obama became president on January 20th. And by February 1st, everybody was like, well, where are all of the things that he promised? I can't believe he's not following through. And I'm like, it's been 10 days, mm-hmm. y'all. Like, like, people can come down on Obama for like whatever their criticisms mm-hmm. are. Certainly, everybody's welcome to that. But I do feel like we have a culture of going like, oh, there's, it didn't happen immediately. Therefore, oh, like, we slash terrible. Society. Like, right. I'm just like, so. We want it now. We I, are all Veruca Salt. All of us. <laughs> we, we, I know. It's like Veruca Salt's everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I mean, one might argue that like these are all of the sort of surface level like things that were promised. Yeah. Right. Like, Gathering a group of people, committee members, I mean, not committee members. Advocates. But, um, advocate, all that kind of stuff was yeah. all like surface level sure. stuff. And it could be like, is he really committed to this or is he committed to look like he's committed to this? Mm-hmm. So my take on the end of it or at the end of 100 days is, i'm gonna say this like my take at the current time is different but we're talking timeline here mm-hmm. my take at the end of the 100 days was like okay i can see that you're doing some work i'll give you some more room and mm-hmm. some more grace to yeah. keep working yeah that's where i am yeah i mean where else can you be there has to be time because the wheels of government grind slowly so slow mm-hmm. so slowly Let's talk about the time since the first 100 days and now being December of 2021. Some of these incomplete grades were met with some progress. A major one that came out in July of 2021 was the Justice 40 plan. According to WhiteHouse.gov, quote, Justice 40 is a whole of government effort to ensure that federal agencies work with states, tribes, and local communities to make good on President Biden's promise to deliver at least 40% of the overall benefits from federal investments in climate and clean energy to disadvantaged communities. The interim guidance issued this week is a key step in fulfillment of President Biden's environmental justice commitments and introduces measures to guide agencies on their path to implementing Justice 40, launches the Justice 40 pilot program, and includes accountability and transparency tools to ensure agencies are working to reach the Justice 40 goal, end quote. And while we haven't seen any sweeping effects of this program, they are at least getting the ball down the field with this. There has also been the introduction of the Build Back Better plan. This is the $2 trillion Mm -hmm. plan that he promised Mm -hmm. in his campaign promises. There's been a lot of talk about this plan and a lot of versions of this plan. Biden's campaign promised a $2.2 trillion Build Back Better plan that centered climate change and clean energy. This has been labeled a bipartisan plan and therefore has been adjusted to compromise across the political aisle. Here are the adjustments. According to the version of the bill that was passed in the House on Friday, November 19th, it is now a $1.75 trillion plan that includes $555 billion to fight climate change, $400 billion for universal pre-K, $200 billion for child tax credits, $200 billion for four weeks of paid leave, $165 billion on health care spending, $150 billion to expand affordable home care, and $150 billion for affordable housing. However, there are key components which were promised that are missing. These include the omission of a clean energy standard. This would transfer the electric grid 
from running on fossil fuels to running on solar, wind, and hydropower. It also eliminates the civilian climate core. According to the Associated Press, Senate Democrats have reached a consensus on a $3.5 trillion package, which would lay out a plan for spending over the next 10 years that would create millions of jobs in solar, wind, and clean energy industries, push the U.S. to the front in electrical vehicles, and invest in carbon-free electricity and essentially deliver on all of the other promises made by the Biden administration. So that is definitely something to keep an eye out for. While there may have been quite a bit of action taken to make good on the promises made in the campaign, there is quite a list of actions taken by the Biden administration that do not align with the environmental values they project or on which they campaigned. Let's start with oil pipelines. On his first day, President Biden did sign an executive order to stop the Keystone XL pipeline. That's true. However, there has been almost no acknowledgement of other pipeline battles, including the Dakota Access, Line 3, and the lesser known Line 5. When given the opportunity to intervene in April of 2021, the Biden administration took no action to stop the Dakota Access pipeline when the companies overseeing the project were doing so without a federal permit. Also, the countless protests to stop Line 3, an oil pipeline that passed from Canada to Minnesota directly through the treaty-protected territory and sacred land of the Ojibwe. These protests are ongoing and have not been heard by the Biden administration. And to add to the harm, this pipeline has already leaked, causing environmental damage. There is also the building of Line 5, two pipelines that passes through Michigan and Virginia, which promote the use of fossil fuels to create more environmental damage. Not only does this not align with the promises of indigenous sovereignty when it comes to the environment, it is in direct opposition to the promises of reducing America's dependence on fossil fuels and directly damages ecosystems. Let's move on to federal oil leasing. One of the first executive orders signed on day one included an order to pause new leases on oil drilling on federal land. This was to give the Department of Interior enough time to evaluate the federal leasing programs for climate change concerns. Though, in June, a federal judge in Louisiana ruled that the executive order was an overreach of power and goes against the Mineral Leasing Act. So this made things complicated. Mm -hmm. Since then, a number of examples have emerged of the Biden administration moving forward with new oil leases on federal land. In September, the White House approved a lease for offshore oil drilling in 78 acres of federal land in the Gulf of Mexico, in what has been called the largest offshore drilling action in U.S. history. When pressed by environmentalists on this, the White House expressed that the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change reported that this lease, quote, does not present sufficient cause, end quote, to stop the offshore drilling. Yeah, okay, great. In addition to this, the White House backed a project in Alaska that would produce 100,000 barrels of oil every 30 days. The White House has also announced that the pause on new leases in Wyoming, where nearly half the state is federal land, will end sometime next year. While this may be in compliance with this new ruling, it is still a clear support of continued use of fossil fuels. As of December 10th, 2021, the Biden administration did halt any new federal support for overseas fossil fuel projects. There are exemptions and provisions to this, and we encourage you to look into those if you're interested in those details. And in the same week, President Biden signed an executive order to reduce the federal government's greenhouse gas emissions to net zero by 2050. All right, so how's he doing? Mm. I'm not going (laughs) to lie. The... um, the mm. it really pisses me off about line three. Well, I think and also just like, like the, the leasing and the, or- and the yeah. Dakota access yeah. and the line five. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. these are clear, like 
these are long-term, these are projects that are hoping to serve long-term. Oh, yeah. And so the whole point of your whole environmental campaign is to put better infrastructure in place that is clean energy infrastructure. That's also for the long-term. Also for the long-term. So, like... I also understand I understand the like need to like work in transition and work on both sides mm. but it's like I mean you're going through like Native American territory yeah. like without any acknowledgement of it. Right. And I'm just thinking about you know <laughs> the fact that the head of your department of interior is an indigenous person mm-hmm. and how is that how are those conversations going? Like, yeah, because I can't imagine great. No. So, but again, I'm not Deb Helen. I'm not Joe Biden. No. So been listening to a lot of Brene Brown, reading a lot of Brene Brown lately. But like the whole like doing the brave thing, like it's it's hard to do the brave thing. And, you know, like you can't do it in like fear not being liked you know what I yeah, mean like you yeah. have to just you just have to do it you have to do if you're the a right self-actualized thing. person if you are then right you just do it and don't care what other people think right and so I feel a little bit like there's a hesitancy well it's all politics though. I know it's all politics so it's like deeply even more complicated yeah but also like there's part of me that's like hmm we know what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Like we have no more time left. The earth no. is wounded yeah. and she's Morally not healing. So. No. And um, like we either actually take action. Yeah. Like there's no room for performative no. action no. Reg- in like regarding climate change. No, it, it, it has to be like justifiable and it has to be like swift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sure a lot of people will, is like somebody, I think Greta, Thunberg was like build back better blah 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 like I mean like a lot of people feel like that's a yeah it's sort of like lip service also a lip service project yeah. and obviously we know there's a ton to do yeah and we're in a place right now where like the science has proven that like time human and time beings <laughs> yeah uh, like individual human beings yeah. will not be able to do enough on our own Mm -hmm. like we have to do like the corporations have to have a major bigger bigger entities to do what they need to do right right because otherwise you ain't gonna have consumers to buy things no more no none none you're out and what are you gonna do just like die with your cash (laughs) what are you gonna do what are you gonna (laughs) do what are you looking at yeah the sources for today's trail mix come from Joe Biden's climate plan, pu- published on JoeBiden.com. The article UN Climate Summit highlights Biden's broken promises on ending support for fossil fuels by Ahmed Twaji, published on NBCNews.com. The article Biden Oil and Gas Leasing Pause Will End in Wyoming Next Year by Nicole Pollock, published in the Casper Star Tribune. The article Biden Administration Defends Huge Alaska Oil Drilling Project by Lisa Friedman, published in the New York Times. The article The Fossil Fuel Industry isn't sweating Biden's climate plan yet by Emily Pontecorvo and Shannon Osaka, published on Grist. The article, Biden's Climate Report Card, 4As, 2Bs, 3 Incompletes, by Jeff D. Colgan, Thomas N. Hale, and Scott M. Moore, published on the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists. The article, What's in the $2.2 Trillion Social Policy and Climate Bill, published in the New York Times. The article, The House Just Passed Biden's Build Back Better Plan, Here's What's in It, by Nick 
Popley and Abby Versulis, published in Time. The article, Biden Halts Federal Aid to New Fossil Fuel Projects Overseas by, by Jennifer A. DeLuy and Nick Wadhams, published in Bloomberg. And the article, Bipartisan Bill Leaves Out Key Climate Clean Energy Steps by Matthew Daly, published in the Associated Press. This has been Trail Mix by Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. And we're here to remind you to hike early and hike often and that adventure is always out there. Gaze at the National Parks was created and is hosted by us, Dustin Baller and Michael Ryan. To see images from this episode, follow our Instagram at Gaze at the National Parks. To contact us, email us at gazeatthenationalparks at gmail.com. And to find out more about the parks visited on this show, visit our website, gazeatthenationalparks.com. That's Gaze, G-A-Z-E. All original artwork featured on Instagram, on our website, and featured in the Gaze Shop is by me, Michael Ryan. All original music was written by Dave Seaman and performed by Dave Seaman, Mariella Klinger, and Sean Sklios. Our music producer is Skylar Ford Gang. This episode was edited by me, Dustin Ballard. We would also like to acknowledge that while recording this episode, that we were on the traditional and stolen lands of the Lenape people, also known as Middlesex County, New Jersey. 